same place next week. Goodbye. Stay classy. RT8K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The top stories. The Development Secretary says reclamation will provide a boost to transport links. The government says it did not request the PLA's help in clearing trees toppled by Typhoon Mangkut. And the mainland clamps down on poor quality food and drugs and fertilizers. The Development Secretary, Michael Wong, says the planned reclamation project east of Lantau won't only create land for housing, but will also improve transport connections between the northwestern New Territories and Hong Kong Island. The Lantau Tomorrow Vision project, unveiled by the chief executive Carrie Lam in her policy address last week, will include the creation of an artificial island that will swallow up the island of Khao Chao. Speaking on a radio program, Mr. Wong said the government would like to take advantage of the location of the island to improve the city's overall traffic network, and the location was therefore better than other potential reclamation areas like Zheng Guanou. The location of Khao Chao allows us to, that's a, a good linkage point further up north, Sunday Bay, and then Tumun South. And you know that for Tumun South, there are other plans ongoing, being understudied. The extension of Tumun South is being looked at. From Khao Chao to east, and basically the link goes back to Hong Kong Island, the northern side. And we are talking about a distance around four kilometers, short distance very convenient driving. So that's an advantage of Kao Yichao that's unparalleled by choices such as Chiang Kuan Mr. Wong also responded to critics who questioned the costs and difficulties the government may face if it goes ahead with the reclamation project. He said other options for increasing land supply, such as the resumption of sites, aren't necessarily easier and cheaper. We need a sizable source of land supply. And then the government, we have come up with the 1,000 phase 1 reclamation at Kao Yichao, which can help us solve this problem. You say that the community doesn't like Kao Yichao. You have to look at other sources, right? If you talk about not reclamation, uh, resumption of land, cost-wise, the difference is not that substantial. In terms of infrastructure, we still need to put on a layer of infrastructure. And in terms of difficulty, um, it's not necessarily easier. The Chief Secretary Matthew Jiang says the government has not had not asked the PLA for help in clearing up trees toppled during Typhoon Mangkut last month. He made the comment after hundreds of uniformed PLA soldiers removed fallen trees yesterday as part of a volunteering event organized by the liaison office. Mr. Chang said what they did was for the good of Hong Kong and he asked the public not to overinterpret what had happened. He said the Agriculture, Fisheries and Conservation Department had been informed beforehand. The SAR government can request help from the PLA with disaster relief. Troops stationed here, though, are also able to take part in community campaigns. Mainland police have launched a nationwide crackdown on poor quality food, drugs and chemicals used for farming. Iris Young reports. In a statement, the Ministry of Public Security said the campaign will last three months. It will target food with banned additives, misleading advertising, as well as counterfeit drugs and medicines for chronic diseases such as high blood pressure and diabetes. The Ministry also said it would clamp down on the manufacturing and sales of fake or poor quality pesticides, seeds and fertilizers. And activities that damage the environment will also be targeted, including illegal mining, fishing and the disposal of so far this year, mainland police have arrested more than 26,000 people in connection with such offences. The Deputy Minister of Public Security, Sun Li Jun, said there would be zero tolerance and those involved would receive harsh punishments.
The BBC has learned that Britain and the United States are considering boycotting a high-profile investment conference in Saudi Arabia later this month after the disappearance of a Saudi journalist. The Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman is hosting the meeting, which has been dubbed Davos in the Desert. The BBC's James Landale has more details. Many sponsors and media groups have already pulled out after the alleged murder of the Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi. But I understand that Britain and the United States are also considering boycotting the conference if it's confirmed that Mr Khashoggi was killed by Saudi agents. Diplomatic sources said both the US Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin and the British Trade Secretary Liam Fox may not now attend. This would amount to a huge snub by two of Saudi Arabia's key allies. A joint statement of condemnation is also being discussed by US and European diplomats. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. One of the most powerful storms to hit Portugal since records began has swept into the centre and north of the country. Hurricane-force winds brought down hundreds of trees and power lines, leaving more than 17,000 homes without electricity. The BBC's Alison Roberts is in Lisbon. With 13 out of Portugal's 18 mainland districts on red alert, the authorities have warned people not to go out onto the street overnight because of the high winds. Gusts of up to 130 kilometres an hour are expected. In Lisbon, Setúbal and Leiria districts, where the storm first hit before swinging north, civil defence officials recorded 247 incidents in the first few hours, half of them fallen trees. Hundreds of Catholics from around Central America have been parading in the capital of El Salvador to celebrate the canonization on Sunday of the murdered Salvadorian Archbishop Oscar Romero. Many wore clothes printed with Monsignor Romero's face. They gathered in front of his tomb in the crypt of San Salvador's cathedral and at the chapel where he was murdered in 1980 while saying Mass. Returning to local news, Democratic Party chairman Wu Wai has hit out at a joint scheme involving the government and developers to develop vacant farmland. The land-sharing pilot scheme, or LSPS, was announced in the chief executive Carrie Lam's policy address last Wednesday. It allows owners of farmland to apply for a boost in the development density of their sites. In return, at least 60 to 70 percent of the increased floor area would be used for public sector housing, mainland for mainly for subsidized sale. But the opposition lawmaker says the government doesn't need such a scheme to take back or resume private land. He said the proposal would only lead to more accusations of collusion between the government and developers. Under the scheme, private developers lead the development projects. However, private developers would only consider their own interests, often in the form of profit maximizations, and not in the interests of the society. Once the LSPS is implemented, it will ease the concern of the developer as their land bank will no longer be resumed by the government. On the other hand, the developers can make use of the negotiation procedure to further manipulate the pace of Fed's supplies. This in turn implies that the government is giving up its power to lead any projects under the LSPS. Mr Wu also said the chief executive had failed to defend the high degree of autonomy that Hong Kong enjoys. He says the international community is now questioning the one country, two systems principle after immigration officers refused to renew the work visa of British journalist Victor Mallet. In August, Mr Mallet had hosted an FCC talk by Chan Ho Tin, the founder of the pro-independence Hong Kong National Party, after the government moved to ban the party. But Mr. Wu says Mrs. Lam didn't seem to take the matter seriously nor attempt to ease people's worries over the SAR's autonomy. From the policy address, 
It shows that the government heavily believes in riding on one country, but neglects the equally important two systems. Once the balance is upset, no one can tell what the consequences are. Therefore, in Hong Kong's best interest, not only does she have to uphold the principle of one country, she also has to defend the uniqueness of the two systems. Any imbalance between one country and two systems will only expose us to danger and uncertainty, in particular in the trade war. Police have arrested a minibus driver after a fatal traffic accident in Taipo last night. Officers say the vehicle knocked down an 81-year-old woman as she was crossing Hang Fan Liu Street outside Meitin Estate. The 53-year-old driver is being detained for further inquiries. Two bottles of French wine have gone under the hammer at Sotheby's in New York for over a million U.S. dollars. They were both 1945 Burgundy Romane Conti with one selling for 558,000 U.S. dollars, 17 times its estimated price. This report from the BBC's Bernadette Kehoe. The previous record for a standard wine bottle was almost half the price that these two French bottles went for. They were in the personal collection of Robert Drouin from a prominent wine-producing family. In 1928, his father made an agreement with the owners of Romani Conti to be the wine's sole distributors. During the German invasion of France, his father created a false wall inside the cellar to make sure the wine was never discovered. Mr. Durand took over the business as a young man and he said he'd now decided to sell because he wasn't getting any younger and despite still enjoying the wine with friends, it simply wasn't possible to drink it all. To end the news, the top stories once again. The, the Development Secretary says reclamation will provide a boost to transport links. The government says it didn't request the PLA's help in clearing trees toppled by Typhoon Mangkut. And the mainland clamps down on poor quality food, drugs and fertilizers. The news from RTHK. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a journey by DJ. A journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value, and a new experience. 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 